Minnesota coming to you live here. It is Friday at 2.11 p.m. Central Time, and uh, we are live indeed here. And don't forget about tomorrow. We'll be preaching outside tomorrow, outside of the uh, zombie pub crawl uh, on the streets out there. And uh, we'll be out there preaching live. It'll be around 6 o'clock or so, 6 p.m. Central Time. And... uh, so for you overseas, uh, some of you might be in bed. Some of you might be crazy like Carl and stay up all night to watch it. Uh, whichever the case may be, uh, you'll... Uh, and then some of you from America might be in bed anyway because you like to go to bed early. So I, I don't know. But anyway, uh, if, you're, if you're watching, uh, we'll be live. Uh, we'll be live on Rumble, live on YouTube. Uh, for that, we do not go live on sermon audio because of the nastiness of uh, the world. And uh, sermon audio, I don't like to put that on there. I try to keep that very family friendly uh, and uh, not put those things on there that are that bad. So uh, we try to keep the profanity and all those things obviously off of there. So we, but we will be uh, broadcasting live. Lord willing, there tomorrow, uh, hopefully the weather clears up a little bit. It's been cold and very windy, 25-mile-an-hour winds, 30-mile-an-hour winds, and rainy, which we needed the rain, but it's kind of it's kind of just nasty out there. So uh, I think it's supposed to stop tomorrow, though, and it should clear up a little bit, and uh, we should have a good time out there preaching and handing out tracks at the event all over the place down there as the zombies come around and uh, they get the gospel of Jesus Christ. What better thing to give zombies than life? And that life is found in Jesus Christ alone. So we can give that message to them and tell them how they can be saved. Then the following Saturday, uh, we'll be out preaching again. Uh, That is the night parade. That's another late night for people like Carl if they decide to stay up late. That is a late night for them. And uh uh but uh it'll it'll be another night it'll be a night parade and we will track the night parade all the way up and down the boulevards there in Anoka, the capital of the Halloween capital of the world. We'll be uh tracking that event and uh us men will be out there preaching over there by the bonfires that they have over there and the outside of there as well. And then the following week is an event uh, that is a day parade. And we generally uh, don't get a ton of preaching done at that event, but we do a lot of tracting. We do get some preaching done. I think uh, Brother Paul and I and a few of the other men last year, we stood in front of the apostate church over there. and. Um, uh, but uh, that apostate church over there, we, we'll probably we'll be back in front of that stink rotten hellhole over there. And uh, rest assured, we'll be preaching. And uh, to the church that knows my name over there, they know me well. That that LGBTQ uh, recruiting uh, nasty perverted place uh, that uh, they um, they uh, know me. They that guy goes, hey, hey, Pastor. Cooper. I was like, oh, that guy knows my name. Uh, anyway, he was uh, 
He let him have it last year. We'll let him have it again this year with the gospel and tell them and warn those false prophets that are leading men to hell. Uh, Christ uh, gave his sternest warnings to false prophets. He gave his sternest rebukes to false teachers and to those that were damning people to hell with their damnable heresies. And uh, we do the same. Uh, you know, I, I preach hard against uh, the LGBTQ stuff and, and fornication and strip clubs and liquor and all kinds of stuff like that. And uh, all the sins of this life that leads to hell without Jesus Christ saving our souls. Well, you know, I preach hard against those things, but my, my fiercest rebukes are against those false teachers that lead men to hell. So, you know, uh, we need to remember that and really uh, we give it to them, let them have it. And I let them have it on this broadcast too, OPBC online here. I let them have it here too, uh, those false teachers, and warn them to flee from the wrath to come. Uh, and we warn them against their heresies and their, their wicked false teachings that lead men to hell. So anyway, uh, that's that's the work that God has called us to do is to warn others, not only to preach the gospel, but have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. And that's the work that we do. We reprove them, we rebuke them, we warn them to flee from the wrath to come, that there is a judgment coming upon their sin and that God is angry with them, that God will not hold them blameless for their false teaching and their leading men astray and leading men to hell. Uh, and dangerous, damnable things uh, that that lead men to hell. And, you know, we warn them very emphatically to flee from the wrath to come. And uh, that's those are scriptural warnings that, that must needs be given to, uh, to false prophets and sinners alike, and also to keep others from being deceived, because others are deceived. By these things, which is what we're going to talk about. That is Satan's design, is to deceive. So I, I'm feeling real no-nonsense today about, like, getting to my point here. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I'll take some time to say hello to some folks here. And then we'll get to it. Uh, so let's see here. Been in a feisty mood. Uh Let's see. Joe Joey Mack was first on here. Sue Seven. Pilgrim Lady. Becca. Uh, let's see. Gregory Pace. Let's see, hey, that's me. Uh, L, uh Little Bales. That's, that's Andrea. That's who that is, but I don't know if that's what that stands for or stands for something else. Uh but um then uh, my wife is on here, and then Carl Winter. Let's see here, We've got Mary Teresa, of course, and Gentle Giant Thirty Three. Uh, Brandon, aka the Gentle Giant Brandon, uh, on here, and uh, let's see, Teresa Daryl's wife is on here. Also, pray for Teresa. She's been having a lot of pain getting her teeth everything taken care of there it's been very painful for her. i pray for her to feel better with that 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 would ease up a little bit with all that and 
strength and help her this time. K-pop is on there, not to be Corn Pop, who is a bad dude. K-pop. So. So. You know, we're going to go back to our text here. I, I do believe, you know, I want to do another broadcast. Uh, this broadcast, because it's a hot topic right now, uh, not this broadcast, but the one I did on Monday, I think I'm going to do another one. Now, I preached this one as the second part of the series that I preached. It's actually Baptist history. Islam, I, I, I retitled it Islam is Rome's clone, Vatican. That was given uh, last Sunday afternoon. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's, that, that's not what I'm talking about directly with the hot topic, but this one is the Jews, Jerusalem, the Jews and the Jesuits hidden hand. That thing is done remarkably well. I am shocked. Like every platform that I'm shocked, every platform that it's on. Well, besides maybe YouTube, let's look at YouTube and see. I mean, it's got like a thousand on rumble. It's got like. Seven eight hundred on. Go over there. So number Whoops, one, if you were to ask sorry. me, uh, seven eight hundred on there. And what's it got here? Look at YouTube. I'm supposed to have fifteen thousand five hundred subscribers. It's got three hundred and fifty three views on YouTube. This is why I hate YouTube. This is why. Look at it. Ridiculous. Anyway, stick and hate. All right. Uh, anyway, so, but we we do have uh, quite a few on. There is more. Listen, I have more downloads to this sermon on on sermon audio than I do on YouTube. Of course, we do have a pretty big following on sermon audio, though. Here's, but still. YouTube is such a mass, they just shadow ban everything. They just do. So, anyway. No, Carl, that's okay. I know nobody gets notified. Nobody does. I won't be doing, I don't think I'm doing Baptist history this, this Sunday afternoon, though. This Sunday afternoon, the Lord gave me a Bible study that I want to teach to our church on Sunday afternoon. And it's on things that the Lord delights in. Uh, how, how, God's, how God delights in his children, actually. How God delights in his children. I want to teach that this Sunday afternoon. I just, the Lord gave it to me. I started, I was studying in Proverbs and, and I just kept going and looking through the scriptures and I think it's important that God's children, the saved, professing believers in Christ Jesus, know that God delights in them and how God delights in them. So I want to show you what the Bible says about that. These are more the blessings of God that God's people really They need to understand how God sees them. And uh, I want to strengthen faith. I want to, that's what we're going to do with Look at that. So nearly 700 downloads on that sermon. Uh, and these are true downloads, by the way. 
when people do that on sermon audio they they're the numbers are i mean they hit the download they're downloading so you know i i will get back to baptist history though because we've got to get back into the next group i've got to i got to do some studying on that, which i will when we get past uh, maybe even this week coming up but uh anyway uh but what i was gonna say i wasn't going there but i i kind of got there this jerusalem the jews I want to teach, I want to do a broadcast uh, on the reason for Hamas and this war. It's the Pope's war for Jerusalem. And I I want to do another broadcast on it. Are you ready for some more Jesuit, some, some more Jesuit, Vatican? Um, conspiracy there on the real reason for the for for this war. I I want to I want to talk about that, and it'll be a part. It's kind of going to be on the long lines of our Antichrist series because it's going to really it's going to really cover because the Pope is that. I mean, it's it's good. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. So I I want to talk about that. And uh, we'll probably cover that Monday on Monday's broadcast. The Pope's quest for Jerusalem. All right. So we'll we'll probably cover that on Monday. Lord willing, even if the crick rises, we don't care. It would still cover it. But because, uh, I mean, the crick could rise. Man, it's awful low down here. So. All right. I'm going to show you some stuff. Uh, first, we're going to go to the scriptures. Are you all ready? And are you ready? Are you alive? Are you awake? Okay. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, my, my old boss used to say, are you alive, awake, energetic, and enthusiastic? Yeah, sorta. All right, here we go. Okay. Let's go to Second Corinthians chapter eleven. Oh well, it don't matter if you're ready anyway. I'm ready. I gotta get moving. That's what I'll do. I got to get moving. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Second Corinthians chapter 11. Four. Such are false apostles, deceitful workers, Transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. 
whose end shall be according to their works. Many of Satan's false prophets that are out there. Many of them that are out there. Speak of these angelic visitations. And the Apostle Paul warns us here that Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. These people do not describe Jesus or biblical angels. Their descriptions are another Jesus, another spirit. And charismatics are always talking about their visitation, their angelic visitations. I know, it's kind of weird. It's Friday the 13th and we're talking about this, right? I didn't plan that like that. But they're always talking about their angelic visitations. That an angel came and gave them a message. Well, the Bible warns us, for if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if if ye receive another spirit which ye have not received, or another gospel which ye have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. Paul is saying that there's that other spirit. We talked about that on Wednesday. Right? We talked about that other spirit on Wednesday. In fact, I don't even have Wednesday's broadcast up on Sermon Audio yet. Goodness, I'm behind. I got to get that on today here. But he's, he's, Paul is instructing them and he's warning them. And he does again in Galatians. He, he marvels. Paul says, I marvel. In Galatians chapter 1 verse 6, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. All of these charismatics that I'm going to show you today, their messages pervert the gospel of Christ. The angels that came to see them, the visions, the angels, or that certain, that other Jesus, that other Christ that came to them, said something different than the scriptures. But though we, see, I differ from men like Justin Peters and, and, uh, and I think that's his name, Peters or Peterson. I don't know, whatever. Peters, I think is his name. I differ from those men because they believe these guys are lying. I don't I don't think they're lying. I think they're deceiving and they're being deceived, but I think they're 
I think they got visited by someone that said they were Jesus. I believe they got visited. And I believe they're real devilish presence. Now, I use the word demonic in the title just for the sake of using it for a mo- the modern vernacular. But in the scriptures, it says devils, fallen angels. And I believe these these people do have visitation. I do believe they have visitation. You bet I do. Because they ask for them. They ask for visitations. And they get visitations. Yes. Because that's what they're asking for. Paul says, but though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before. So say I now again, if any man, Preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received. Let him be accursed. Whether it was an angel from heaven. Right? Doesn't matter. Whether it was one of the principalities on high. In Ephesians 6. Verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. He said, he, by the way, he says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's the trickery, the strategium of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's in the heavenly realm. Those are in the heavenly realm. They're in the spirit world. And they're there. But these guys seem to always get a message from holy angels. They get a lot of messages. They get a lot of visitations, right? They get a lot of those. Wherefore, take into the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. You're going to have on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. You know, we could go on and on. But this is very dangerous. They're seeking these encounters. They're teaching people to seek these encounters. 
at Bethel School of of Wizardry, I call it. Wizardry. They're a bunch of witches, is what they are. That is what they are. They are a bunch of witches. They are sorcerers. This first one, to me, has got to be one of the worst ones. Because they are training children in this. They are teaching children to be spiritual mediums and to get visions and to get angelic visits. It's terrible. I'm going to play a lot of video for you today. And I just want you to understand the reason for that. And hopefully we get through all of it. Because, man, I don't know how long. I got so many of them. But it is, it is dangerous. These people are encountering devils. And they are teaching how to summon devils. They call them angels. They are angels. Fallen ones. They are fallen angels. My second oldest brother, Cole, passed away. I'd hang out with him a lot, and he taught me a lot of stuff. And he was a wrestler. And so as a little kid, he kind of taught me some of his moves and stuff. Cole got sick with an autoimmune disease called dermatomyositis when I was seven. And I didn't really know what it was. I kind of tried to be a good brother, but it was always hard for me because I didn't really know what he was going through. And then once he had passed away, I had feelings like it was my fault that he passed away because I wasn't a good brother. I was almost like my family would be better off without me. My mom and dad had left the house. I got in a fight with my brother, and I, I was kind of mad and stuff. And so I went into my mom and dad's room, and my dad had just gone on to a missions trip, and he brought back a machete from Guatemala. And so um, I was really having suicidal thoughts because I thought my family would be better off without me. And then my, my sister came in there because she needed to get... By the way... Here's a young man having suicidal thoughts. I mean, he's a boy. He's a kid. A young kid. This is demonic oppression. Because they because this Bethel, they invite spirits. They're inviting these spirits. It's a dangerous thing. Nowhere am I told to do any of that. It says that I may encounter angels unawares. I won't know until it's all over and done with and gone. But these people are having visitations. And here's a young boy. That suffers death. And this is where Satan comes in. With confusion. This kid did not need an angelic visit. He needed parents to talk to him, to take the word of God and teach him. Not devils, not 
spirits, the Bible, the scriptures, his parents, to love him in his grief. Something, and she, she saw me, and she, somehow she like recognized that I was having those thoughts, and so that she just stopped me right then, and it was the last hour of the day in in sixth grade, and we had Bible with Miss Alderson, and she said, um, whatever God tells us to do or something, we can just have like free time with the Lord. And so I just kind of laid down by the computers, and I just closed my eyes crying, and I didn't know like why I was crying. But then just as my eyes were closed, I saw like Jesus standing in front of me in this wheat field. And then so I, I was kind of confused, and I could still hear like all my friends around me, but I like wasn't there. Okay, now I want you to, I want you to, I'm going to back it up, but I want you to understand something. Listen very closely. He's, he's going to Bethel's Christian school. So he's like, she's like, well, whatever God leads right now, I just want you to do. I'm telling you, those teachers infused devils into him. That's what they did. That's exactly what they did. Like why I was crying, but then just as my eyes were closed, I saw like Jesus standing in front of me in this wheat field, and then so I I was kind of confused, and I could still hear like all my friends around me, but I like wasn't there. So Jesus led me to like this log cabin, and it had like flags above it. Okay, wait, hang on. I I I I will let you listen to it. I won't interrupt all of it, or I'll back it up so you don't forget the thought. Listen to me. This is the second time that someone has said that they have. You're going to hear another video of a lady from Bethel. That she's in a room full of people and she's having these visions and falling out where I can hear people around me, except I'm not. I'm not uh, I like I'm not talking to them, though. Jesus is with me at this and taking me to this log cabin. I'm telling you. This is what the Bible warns about. Closed my eyes crying and I didn't know like why I was crying. But then just as my eyes were closed, I saw like Jesus standing in front of me in this wheat field. And then so I, I was kind of confused and I could still hear like all my friends around me, but I like wasn't there. So Jesus led me to like this log cabin and it had like flags above it and it was in the wheat field. We went inside and we were examining the trophy case and Jesus told me that they were things that our family would accomplish in our lifetime. By this time, all my friends had already left because school was over. And so my dad and my sister, they came in and like my, my dad picked me up and then they walked me downstairs and they put me into the car and... Wait, wait, back up. Listen. I'm, I'm never getting through all this video. Three-part series. But listen, listen. This kid is locked into this demonic visitation in his schoolroom at Bethel. His dad picks him up and carries him to the car because he can't go himself. He's still in this vision. 
locked into this and they think it's okay. Are you following me? That our family would accomplish in our lifetime. By this time, all my friends had already left because school was over. And so my dad and my sister, they came in and like my, my dad picked me up and then they walked me downstairs and they put me into the car and all I could do is like cry over what had happened. The next encounter, I closed my eyes and I saw Jesus in front of me in the wheat field, just like the last encounter. And then I had noticed in front of me was a basketball court. And then Jesus kind of ran onto the basketball court and he took a basketball and then he started shooting. And then my brother Cole from like nowhere, he ran out and he stole the ball and then he started shooting. So it was like a free for all basketball. Okay, do you understand? This is his dead brother. So Jesus is playing basketball with him with his dead brother. You follow me? kind of ran onto the basketball court and he took a basketball and then he started shooting and then my brother Cole from like nowhere he ran out and he stole the ball and then he started shooting so it was like a free-for-all basketball game until Cole said here I want to go show you something and then I saw the log cabin in the distance and my brother was like remember this and I was like yeah so he ran up to the log cabin we went to the trophy room and I was like whoa there's new trophies it was one of the bigger ones and it said family on it and then Cole hugged me and he said that I was a great brother. And so I started tearing up because that's exactly what I needed to hear. So before the two encounters, I was really strugg struggling with self-hatred and thinking it was my fault for my brother's death. But um, after that, I just didn't have any of those thoughts. I was completely... Okay, so the word of God did, was not used to comfort this young man salvation following christ the word of god to comfort the heart of his people was not used a demonic presence that claimed to be jesus was used his brother comes and plays basketball with him And now he's at peace. That's not how you get peace. Peace comes from the word of God. Peace comes from the Prince of Peace. Peace comes from the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the God of all comfort. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. Verse 2, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. Do you understand? 
This makes me angry because this is a child. This is a child being indoctrinated into witchcraft. That's what's happening. And it angers me. Satan plays on fear. That's what he uses. He plays on fear. That's what the devil does. Perfect love casteth out fear. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. What does that mean? It means you have to grow. You have to mature in your love for God. You have to mature in love. That's what it means. That's what that means. So before the two encounters, I was really struggling with self-hatred and thinking it was my fault for my brother's death. But um, after that, I just didn't have any of those thoughts. I was completely set free. I've got one question. How good was Jesus at basketball? (laughs) He was pretty good. He didn't miss very often. (laughs) What was he wearing? Was he in basketball shorts and stuff, or was he in... Ah, that's hard. I I can't quite remember. He wasn't... He looks like he's lying. But, like, right there, he didn't know what to say. Maybe he didn't pay attention in his vision, or whatever the case may be. What was he wearing? Was he in basketball shorts and stuff, or was he in... Ah, that's hard. I I can't quite remember. He was in shorts, though. And, um, I never recognized his shoes. I can't recall what his shirt was like. And... I Love. Like, I don't know what they look like, but, like, looking into his eyes, all you could feel was just love all around you. Very, very deceptive. So many things that you could see about that that is what the Bible warns us about. Jesus is not going to come and play basketball with you. He's not going to take you remotely to a house, open the door inside the house to you, have your brother play with basketball with you, and tell you everything's okay. What does God tell us to do about those things? He says that the just shall live by faith. We have to believe God. Because the Bible says that you're not going to believe though one rose from the dead. God said he wouldn't send. uh, Right here. Look at this. But Abraham said, son, remember that thou in thy lifetime. Oh, wait, let me back up here uh, or go forward. 31. And he said unto him, if they hear not. Oh, actually. Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip 
the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus. Then, verse 27, then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. They, they're not going to listen anyway. And he said unto them, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Why? Because the law is a schoolmaster to bring men to Christ. You don't listen to the law, that ain't going to give you any faith. Okay. So here's another one. You ready for another one? I was here in church one time. I said, God, will you show me the angels that are in here? And I saw, I was upset. I mean, this dude looks like he is straight up tripping on acid. But I think it's because he snorted so many devils up his nose. He has so many devils that he's spiritually snorted that this dude is just straight up loco. I was here in church one time. I said, God, will you show me the angels that are in here? And I saw, I was upstairs in a cubicle seven years ago. And I said, God, will you show me the angels that are in here? And all of a sudden I saw this huge angel standing through the roof. And I, I said, can I started looking at his weapon. I started looking at his clothes. I started looking at his face. I asked him his name and he tells me his name and I typed it in on Google. I hope you're okay with me telling you this. I just got to tell you this because if I don't tell you this, you... You just need to hear testimonies so you can know what's available to you because I'm not trying to preach a sermon. I'm trying to give you, invite you to a new way of life. So I see this giant angel and I asked him his name. I, I won't tell you his name. He tells me his name. I Google it. It's a financial company. And I realized this angel is here for the finances of, of, for our finances here. I'm sorry, but this guy is a fool. And he saw some big, huge, tall giant that's the, that, that is, uh, that some big, huge, tall uh, angel that's like a giant. That guess what he this he's he's the. I looked up his name and it's a it's a finance company. I mean, listen to this. It's a finance company. I looked up his name and it's a finance company, and he's the angel over all of our finances. Man, I don't know what they do in California. Well, I kind of do. But anyway, whatever they're doing, they are snorting some major devils over there. He tells me his name, and I typed it in on Google. I hope you're okay with me telling you this. I just got to tell you this because if I don't tell you this, you, you just need to hear testimonies so you can know what's available to you because I'm not trying to preach a sermon. I'm trying to give you, invite you to a new way of life. So I see this giant angel, and I asked him his name. I, I won't tell you his name. He tells me his name. I Google it. It's a financial company, and I realized this angel is here for the finances of, of for our finances here at Bethel and the finances, period. And I looked at his weapon, and he had a sword in the ground like this. And, and the handle was like the size of his hand, like he had his hand on it like this. The blade was like that big, wider than his body. And he said, I said, what is that? The sword of reflection. He said, anytime the enemy, he doesn't even use it to strike. The sword was for the, this one purpose. Anytime the enemy attacks, he simply flips it around and reflects the attack back at the enemy. So when the enemy attacks, he's actually doing damage to himself. So, how many of you know 
If you see an angel like that guarding your finances with a weapon like that, you will not fear about your finances. That is just the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life, man. That is just stupid. It is stupid. I mean, give me a break. So I have like this angel and like this angel has this big sword and it's a, it's, it's a reflective sword. And like all it does is when somebody attacks your finances, it like reflects it back to them. Uh, uh, okay. You got one Bible verse at all for that, that there's an angel of finances that's standing over your finances and has a big reflective sword. Is like everybody in California, like on drugs, is like everybody in California like this? An angel like that guarding your finances with a weapon like that, you will not fear about your finances. That's just good fun. I know, I know. We have to say this too. There are people who say, be careful, angels, angels, be careful, watch out. Again, Bill says it the best. He says, it's absolute foolishness to worship angels, but it's equally foolish to ignore them. Had Elisha and his servant ignored the angels and the chariots and the horses around them, the enemy would have taken them out instead of them taking out the enemy. Oh my goodness, this guy is such a fl- So uh, that Bill is such a witch too, by the way. Bill, John, he's such a witch. He's a, yeah, you're not supposed to worship angels, but... You're not supposed to ignore them either. Well, I don't go around talking to angels. I mean, I, I, I don't go around talking to spirits. I pray to the Father in heaven through Jesus Christ, my Lord, and I'm indwelt by the Holy Ghost, but I don't go around praying to other spirits. I don't go around doing that. That's weird. And it's also highly demonic. Right? Highly. Highly demonic. Devilish activity. And that's what these people do because that's who they are. That's Satan comes as that angel of light. And they absolutely fall for it. Absolutely. Hook, line, and sinker. Do they fall for it? They are definitely deceived by that spirit of Antichrist. Okay, definitely. Now, let me see. I have a time. Otherwise, you listen to Kenneth Copeland and, and oh. But I want to hear, I want you to hear what he says here. This is this is what they are teaching. Start it right here. It's Kenneth and Jesse! 
miracle standing there and had his hands in his chest. Oops. It was a physical thing. I could actually physically feel it. And like as if he just walked past me. And, you know, some people say angels are not real. They're very real. (laughs) Jesse, Jesse there, he's preaching. He said, angel, come back and brush on him. Bible said you entertain you better, them. You, be, you better believe they're very real. And people don't realize that they hear every bad word you say. Oh, yeah. They hear and every you good bind word them, you say. You bind them up. Yes. They can't move. They're not allowed to. And they're not humanly emotional. Right, right. They, um, they're created by God who is love. So, right. th- so they're love-created beings. But the, God told Moses, he said, I'm going to put that angel in there. Don't provoke him. Because he won't forgive you. Right. He can't. That's right. not. He, that's not, that's not his job. To do that. Right. So, um, one man that uh, his testimony was, he woke up in the middle of the night. He'd been had bad heart, and he's believing God for his healing and so forth. He woke up in the middle of the night, and there was an angel standing there and had his hands in his chest, and he woke up and he said, "Go on back to sleep. Everything's all right." And when he got up the next morning, he had a new heart. Okay, okay, so hold on a second, okay. So here's this guy, and he's at this revival meeting, goes home or whatever, and he tells this story, right? He tells this story that he's sleeping, and he wakes up, and there's an angel with his hands in his chest. And the angel is... It's giving him a new heart. Because uh, he won't forgive you. Right. He can't. That's right. not, he, that's not, that's not his job. To do that. Right. So um, one man that uh, his testimony was, he woke up in the middle of the night. He'd been had bad heart and he's believing God for his healing and so forth. He woke up in the middle of the night and there was an angel standing there and had his hands in his chest. And he woke up and he said, go on back to sleep. Everything's all right. And when he got up the next morning, he had a new heart. Isn't that something? Well, see, we've, we've, we've provoked. I will ask you a question. If you were sitting there and you woke up and some angel, so to speak, had his hands in your heart and he's doing like open heart surgery there, are you going to go back to sleep? Do you really think that you're going to go back to sleep? Like, oh, I think I'll, I'm going to go back to sleep, man. Go back to sleep. It's all right. Go back to sleep, man. Ain't nothing good. You're all right. You're all right. Go back to sleep. There ain't no way you're going back to sleep. Because he won't forgive you. Right. He can't. That's right. not, he, that's not, that's not his job. To do that. Right. So, um, one man that uh, his testimony was, he woke up in the middle of the night. He'd been had bad heart and he's believing God for his healing and so forth. He woke up in the middle of the night and there was an angel standing there and had his hands in his chest. And he woke up and he said, go on back to sleep. Everything's all right. And when he got up the next morning, he had a new heart. Isn't that something? Well, see, we've, we've, we've provoked our angels with words we're saying. Yes. Kidding words. Well, it just scared me to death. Yeah. I, you know, every time we plan a trip, the kids get sick and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And those angels stand and say, Why'd they say why do they say that? Why do, you, why do they say this? <laughs> we're, yeah. we're here to help. What's the matter with it? Well, 
remind me okay. b- before the week's up. Okay. I, I'll show you a picture of this because I showed it to Jesse uh, last night. I was in um, Lagos, Nigeria. They're at Canaan Land, Bishop mm-hmm. Uyidipo, David Uyidipo. And I'm going to tell you something. If you want to talk about devils in Nigeria and in Lagos and in Africa, there is such a strong witchcraft, fallen angel, devilish presence in Africa. You just can't. The amount of witchcraft and deception that's going on in Africa is unbelievable. These guys act like it's all a Holy Ghost revival. No, it's a bunch of sorcery, paganism, witchcraft, paganism, wickedness. And they, their, their church seats 50,000 and they're doing five services on Sunday. Man, I mean, and, and right after I left there, this happened and that was back in May, mm-hmm. May and June. Right. Well, and then, um, of, I forget we're over into 2016 right. as, as there, as, yeah. as as we're doing this, this is October of 15, but you're seeing it in January. Right. But um, he came down then just a few days ago and showed me this. He was in Washington, D.C. With his, with his children there. And um, a pastor in his church got shot years ago. Blew this shattered his elbow joint. Mm -hmm. Well, the way you put in a a knee replacement or a hip replacement, they did an elbow replacement. Like a piece of steel. Yeah, it it was a piece of steel. One piece of steel going this way, one piece of steel going this way, and they bent in the middle, and the the joint was there. You got a piece of steel here and a piece of steel going in the bone both ways. And so you could move it up and down. And he had pain with it from day one. Just, just bad pain all the time. He lived with it all the time. And, um, and the Lord told him, uh, you know, he'd he pray and believe in God. And they had 138,000 people come into the church right after the meeting that we had there. And, and, and of course, the, the church just growing some more. They had another service on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and this man was in a lot of pain. And he told him, he said, I'm going to do something for you. He said, I, I appreciate the way you, you, you serve me and you, you help me. I'm going to do something for you. He woke up. So God told him, I, you know, I fast forwarded Kenneth Copeland because it's so drawn out. But anyway, here's a, God's going to do something for you. God said, I appreciate you, what you do for me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something for you. God comes and tells him that. I'm going to do something for you. And, and of course, the, the church is growing some more. They had another service on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and this man was in a lot of pain. And he told him, he said, I'm going to do something for you. He said, I, I appreciate the way you, you, you serve me and you, you help me. I'm going to do something for you. He woke up one morning. Didn't feel a thing. They had no knowledge of it. No, no blood on the, on the bed. That joint was lying there next to him in the bed. And he had a brand new elbow. No, not a scar anywhere. Well, now, see, that's the job of an angel. Right. And, of course, the Spirit of God behind this. But right. that, they're the servants that, that carry out the job. that as evidence of the uh, work that he had done while the man was sleeping. Laying right there. And I, and I saw it. I mean, you showed me a picture of it last night. Now, you can prove this because of the, 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 the piece 
has serial numbers on it. The doctor's serial number had this man's mm -hmm. ID number on there, the date and everything that mm -hmm. the surgery was done and all that, all that's right there on that piece. There's, it's and just the magnificent. Thing that amazed me when you showed it to me last night, ladies and gentlemen, they do that. They also have bone. They put in, to grow you, you know, the same thing I could do an implant in, right. in a tooth right. where they, they put some artificial bone on there so that it'll mat with, and, right. and it causes bone to grow to it. And that was on that. The artificial was on, the bone was on one end of it there and you could see the, you could see the shape of his bone. <laughs> but, well, all I'm saying is if it did happen, it was absolutely 100% demonic because those people don't preach the word of God. They are not Christians. They are antichrist. And yeah, the devil has power to do. Uh, the, the Bible says the end times will be marked. It says, even him who's coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Yeah, the end times is marked with that. Absolutely. Look what it says here. Revelation 13. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Satan has power to do miracles. How do you think he's going to mock God's... Uh, how do you think he's going to mock Christ? That's how. Look here. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. That healing is done. Yes, miracles are going to be done again. Yes, but when does God say that he's going to use those miracles and that he's going to use healing and he's going to use all those things in that supernatural signs and wonders way. It doesn't say he's going to do that again. But it's going to be done to deceive the nations and to deceive people. And it's being done now to deceive. Being done right now. And it's going to be done further. And more, more of these things are going to... They say, all these guys say... Right, my son just texted me and he said, that's, that's, that's like the angels when they visited Muhammad. Yeah, absolutely. Same, same thing. When they visited Joseph Smith. I don't think he got visited anything. Oh, I think he did. Because there ain't no way that that guy without that little talisman and the demonic presence that he had was that charming of a man to draw away women, so many women after him. He wasn't that charming. He was that charming by his talisman. He was that charming by demonic power or devilish power, the power of fallen angels and familiar spirits. He was that powerful with it. That's how. And that's how these guys are so believable. They are having visitations. And these visitations are fallen angels that are visiting them 
and giving them power. And if that man's arm did come like that, if that man's implant is did, then it's because of the power of devils. There was a bone on one end of it and the spike on the other end. Just absolutely amazing, man. And But no, I said all that to say this. If, if, if this will spark some faith in you and you get on the promises of the Word of God and you get your confession going glory. and you go to you go Hebrews chapter 1 and it says, they are all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those that are heirs of Amen. salvation. Man, and keep your mouth right. Keep your mouth on the Word of God and stand before your, your high priest passed into the heavens, Jesus, Amen. the Son of God, hold fasting our profession Right. And, and, and when you're doing, man, those angels are on the job. There's all kinds of things that have happened to you and to me and to Jesse, right. every other faith person on the earth that you didn't even know took place. That's right. There were things that you got out of you never knew you were in danger in the first place. What I like is what the Lord told him, I'm going to do something for you. I just feel real strong in my spirit. As some, that man was hurting, and the Lord was not getting any pleasure in that man hurting. That's right. I thank God that the doctors were able to Wasn't give him. teaching a, him a yeah, thing. Yeah. I thank God the doctor was able to put a joint in so he could use his elbow. But, I mean, it hurt. And the Lord said, uh, I'm going to do something for you. I feel in the spirit, maybe you've been hurting. You know, the Lord wants to do something for you. Now, if he did oh, this for good, a man, goodness. if he did this for a man, and, and Brother Copeland has the physical picture. I mean, got the thing. I'm going to show it to you for the week. And I will tell you, if you're physically hurt, the Lord don't want you hurt. People say God's putting that on them to teach them something. No, no, no. no, no. That, that's, so, that's so wrong in the nature of God. No, it and, isn't wrong in the nature of God. Let me show you. Listen to and, what they're and, saying. And the Holy Spirit is the teacher of yes, the Yes, Jesus said when he comes, he will lead and guide. Mm -hmm. He will teach you. Mm-hmm. He'll lead you into all truth. All. You can go to the Bible and learn everything God knows. That's Jesus right. Said no, you can't know everything God knows. Now look, it is not God's will that everyone be healed. You know how I know it's not God's will that everybody be healed? I'll show you how I know that. Well, I know that from the Bible, number one, right? Look, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that he might depart, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasures in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. It's not God's will for everybody to be healed. Let's see. I'm not going to play the video, but here you go. I was preaching. Here, here it is. Well, actually, I will play this video because it's not that long. In the prison, and and mom, I, and I got.
and I was preaching in the prison, and and boy, I, and I got short of breath, and I'm going through all that stuff, you know, <laughs> and I, I wouldn't quit. Now it never did give me pain, but I could feel this tingling across my chest here, and I knew what it was, you know. And anyway, so and I went through all the exams and you know all that stuff, and so they they the cardiologist examined me, and he said, well, you need a pacemaker. And I said, Lord, um, I, I'm, I'm just going to believe God. I'm just going to, without that pacemaker. And, and the word of the Lord came to me, and he said, no. You're too far behind the power curve now. Receive the pacemaker by faith. So I did. Wait, wait. So you got to have a pacemaker? You weren't healed. So it's not God's will for you to be healed. It's God's will for you to use a pacemaker? You just didn't believe enough. You must not have believed enough, Kenneth. Because if you believed enough, then you wouldn't need the pacemaker. But see how these, these devils, do you see how these possess, do you see how he's twisting this? He's twisting it. He's admitting that he didn't have enough, he was too far behind the curve. Really, you're too far? Well, wait. You just told a story. You just told a story about a guy right here. Wait, what do you need a pacemaker for? Remember this? So they're love created beings, but you've, the, God told Moses, he said, I'm gonna put that angel in there, don't provoke him. Because he won't forgive you. Right. He can't. That's right. not, he, that's not that's in not him his job. to do that. Right. So um, one man that uh, his testimony was, he woke up in the middle of the night. He'd been had bad heart and he'd believe in God for his healing and so forth. He woke up in the middle of the night and there was an angel standing there and had his hands in his chest. And he woke up and he said, go on back to sleep. Everything's all right. And when he got up the next morning, he had a new heart. Isn't that something? Well, see, we've 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 provoked our angels with. Well, you must have provoked your angle angels with. Uh, man, I, I, I almost did. I got. I was scared to death. Wait, you see that? Do you see the absolute contra? Uh, the contradiction. Now you got to believe for your healing right now, Kenneth. Why didn't you believe for your healing? He says he's going to live to be 120. No, you're not, Kenneth. You're going to die. You're on your way out now. But do you see the deception? The deception of what they do? They're just, they're just, they're deceiving spirits. Now, here's another one of these demonic things. 
these these angelic visitations. And this one is supposed to be Jesus. Psychotic medication and um, being. Get to. We've seen this one before, but I'm just reminding you of. Okay. Um. I'm, we're gonna play that real quick, and then I'm gonna talk about it for a minute afterwards. But hold hold your hold your laugh until afterwards because it's it's pretty wild, and 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 you'll see what I'm saying here. So I'm gonna pick it up at this point. Yep. Um. Not long after I got there, I ended up having um, this encounter. Well, no, I ended up having what I now know to be natural deliverance. Okay, so much Jesus was going in. And all of a sudden, to me, it felt like I got connected to all of this rage. And I started screaming and yelling and cussing and throwing stuff. And now I know it was actually the demons leaving. And after it was after that happened, I literally, I've never experienced anything like it. I was spiritually mentally emotionally physically exhausted like Mm -hmm. nothing left in me and i passed out on my bed and that is when jesus became real for me because jesus walked in there and laid in that bed with me and started to play with my hair and instead of telling me all the things i needed to fix whoa okay so this is the opposite of biblical christianity okay Jesus doesn't come to play with your hair. What Jesus co- what Jesus does is through the the ministry of the Holy Ghost, through the pre through the foolishness of preaching. He calls men to repentance. What does that mean? He tells you everything you're wrong about through the law, a schoolmaster to bring men to Christ. He shows you what you're wrong about. And that you can't be right without the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Without being born again. And that you are guilty and you must repent. Going in and all of a sudden to me, it felt like I got connected to all of this rage. And I started screaming and yelling and cussing and throwing stuff. And now I know it was actually the demons leaving. And after... It was after that happened, I literally, I've never experienced anything like it. I was spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically exhausted, like Mm -hmm. nothing left in me. And I passed out on my bed. And that is when Jesus became real for me because Jesus walked in there and laid in that bed with me and started to play with my hair. And instead of telling me all the things I needed to fix, He said, I am so sorry for all the things that happened to you that made you not want to feel. And if you trust me, Jesus is so sorry. So this is, this is the height of idolatry where God almighty in the flesh comes to you and tells you he's sorry. Do you see how this is witchcraft? Do you see how this is witchcraft? I feel sorry for this woman because she was on a bunch of drugs, psychotropics and everything, and she's being deceived by devils. And Bethel is not helping her. They're cementing demonic activity. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. 
In other words, everything is flipped upside down. The Bible says that God hath commanded all men everywhere to repent. Not that God is going to come and repent to you. But you have to go and repent to God. You have to repent and believe the gospel to be saved. Do you see the difference? Okay, let, let me just back up for a minute in case you missed it. Let me play it one more time. Physically exhausted, like nothing left in me. And I passed out on my bed. And that is when Jesus became real for me because Jesus walked in there and laid in that bed with me and started to play with my hair. And instead of telling me all the things I needed to fix. Yeah, he doesn't know what to say either. I get it. Okay. Now. It gets worse with Bethel, right? Bethel School of Witchcraft, like I've talked about. I'm going to... That woman is deceived by devils. And that woman has a Jesus that is repenting to her instead of her repenting to Jesus. Right? That's the difference. Also warned the Church of Jesus Christ will experience a turning away from the true doctrines of Jesus Christ, uh, turning away from sound doctrine. Crazy stuff. See, I feel by the way, sorry about the music. I I forgot about that. Um you see here, I want to make sure you get I'll crank this. This gets even more twisted. Now you're gonna get into like Yeah, well it listen. Blessed, I have crazy stories of weird angelic encounters. Encounters with Jesus in the flesh. Now, don't pay attention to his scripture here because it's not the King James Bible. But what does Matthew 24, 23 say? Matthew 24. That if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders. And so much that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. We're at a pastor's meeting, and this woman comes up to me at lunch, and she says, I just want to let you know how much your church has blessed us. And I'm thinking, oh, that's awesome. Shane and I were speaking. We must have really blessed her in this meeting. That's great. And she's like, about a few years ago, and I thought, oh, it had nothing to do with me. She said, I was in Amarillo, Texas. I was at a prophetic conference. And during the break for dinner, she says, a group of people from Bethel, Austin, came up to me and said, 
We're take we're kidnapping you and taking you to dinner. We're kidnapping you and taking you to dinner. <laughs> they took her to a pizza place. And so she's she's there and the person asked, "Hey, what do you want to eat?" And she said, "Well, I'm a vegetarian." And they're like, "Great. We're going to eat what you're eating cuz we want to honor you." I've never felt more loved and honored by a group of people. And she go and I and she said, and I wasn't at church. I was with people at a pizza place. I was like, wow, do you do you know any of do you, do you recognize like the name of anybody? She goes, well, the one was Joaquin. I'm like, well, that makes sense. I'm Joaquin Evans, and this is my wife Renee, and we're from Redding, California. So I call him. I'm like, man, that's awesome. He should hear. A great testimony right now. So I call him. I'm like, hey, da 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 da, da. and I relay this story. And he says, uh, I haven't been in Amarillo since 2004. It's like, she said this was like two or three years ago. So we start talking, and he says, you know, last week I was praying about my angel that used to be seen, and I was telling God, God, I haven't had that happen in a while. I want more of those stories. And I'm like. Okay, I'm going to find out if this was his angel. So I hang up with him, and I pull up a Facebook, and I go over, and I say, hey, is this the guy? And she goes, oh, yeah, that's him. That's Joaquin. Some of you are like, I don't get it. Years back, Joaquin had an encounter. He goes to L.A., and I'm really going to make this brief. He shows up at this conference. He shows up late. He's at this pastor's house. The pastor's wife sees him. They recognize each other. She says, uh, we can't, they can't figure out where they know each other from. Middle of dinner, she goes, oh my gosh, runs out, comes back, flips through a journal, and reads this entry she had that in the early in the morning, one morning, she was praying, and these seven angels walk into her prayer room, which was like a little den prayer room, and they form this circle. The center angel walks, steps forward and goes, my name is Joaquin, and I've come to bring healing in the region. <laughs> Joaquin had never been to that church. He'd never met that woman before. She'd Do you understand? They're talking about like remote viewing. They're talking about astral projection. They're literally talking about never meeting these people in the flesh, but having them appear to them in visions and having them surround them and having these angels, so to speak, seven angels surround them in a circle. It's a seance. It's demonic. It's devilish. And Bethel promotes this stuff because they practice this witchcraft. Never been to Reading. But she had a description of the angel and had drawn, she was an artist, she had kind of drawn a picture. It was Joaquin. Same, same tent meeting. Papa Jim and I are out at lunch. This woman goes into the tent. She's like, hey, what are you guys doing here? And, and we're, we are like, we're just soaking. She's like, okay. She comes out of the tent, and Papa Jim and I drive in. And she's like, you were just soaking. How are you in your car? Because she saw our angels. Do you see that? Did you hear what he's saying? It's astral projection. He's saying they're over there. 
Oh, well, we were just in the tent. No, no, that was our angels that were in the tent. That wasn't us. That is what it is. It's out-of-body experiences. It's, it's devilish. They're seeing them before they're even there. Are you, are you catching this? It's normal. Or at least it should be. Paul the Apostle warned the Church of Jesus Christ will experience a turning away from the true doctrines of Jesus Christ, a turning away from sound doctrine. And he said they're going to turn away, they're going to have itching ears, and they're going to heap themselves teachers to, to, to scratch those itching ears. And Paul says, I'm telling you before the Father in heaven, and I talk, call Christ the Son of the living God to bear witness with the warning that I give to you now. It, 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 they will turn away. They're going, there's going to be a turning away, a falling away from sound doctrine. This yep. Okay, remember the lady that had the vision? Remember her? That Jesus came and played with her hair? On here, and I hope you're doing well. Recently, we saw a video where Jenna Winston told her story about how Jesus visited her in the psych ward and got into bed with her and played with her hair. If you haven't seen that, I'll leave a link to that at the end of this video. Today, she's going to tell another whopper about visits from angels and Jesus giving her the keys to financial blessings. This part is only one minute, but I will leave the full link below. Um, a couple of years ago, I, cause I do see angels every day, but when it's for me, like an encounter for me, like there's obviously a different feeling and whatever to it, this angel drops in and I'm like, oh, hello, you know, type of a thing. And it was holding a key up like this. And then it had a ring and it had three keys hanging. And I, you know, the other ones are very personal to me, but when it got to the last key, as it was telling me what each key was, um, all of a sudden, all these other angels showed up and I'd never heard the term angels of harvest. And all of a sudden, um, Jesus is there and Jesus proceeds to tell me that I was being given the authority. To Women aren't given authority over Jack Squat. To send the angels of harvest to go back through people's generational lines and pick up any blessings, mantles, giftings, callings, anything that was mm. unused in the spirit. And people wonder why we try to warn people about Bethel. And just look at Sean Bolt's lapping up this fairy tale. Thing that was thing that was So let's take a look at who the angels of harvest are. In the parable Right. And then you go to the parable of the sower, and you go to the parable at the end times, uh, the reapers of the harvest and everything else. Those are the angels that come in and reap the harvest. Uh, and uh, they deliver those men to hell. That's where they go. It's the heart. It's the rapture of the wicked is what. And anyway. Uh, so you can see the examples that are there. And. Um, this is what they do. They're, these are demonic 
experiences. These are these are satanic experiences. Here's another one from that same guy before. Remember him. Hang on a second, sorry. That hurt me so bad, messed me up emotionally, mentally, really messed me up. Nothing physical, nothing like that. A, a, a pastor I, I really respected said some words and hurt me so bad. And one time I was laying on the floor, actually it was in this room, I'm laying on the floor, and in, an, in a vision, in an encounter with God, in a vision, Jesus picks me up and holds me so close that I can't see anything, and he holds me so close, and Jesus starts to weep, and he says, please forgive me. Please forgive me. I said, what are you talking about? Please forgive you. He said, when that pastor hurt you, it's as if I hurt you because he's a member of my body. Please forgive me. Okay, so God, Jesus is never going to ask you to forgive him because Jesus has never sinned, okay? But again, he has this visitation. Here's this visitation that comes. And it's a devil. And it tells him it's Jesus. It tells him it's Jesus, right? And that Jesus is sorry for it. All these Bethel people, you can tell they're witches, right? Because when Jesus appears to him, Jesus always apologizes to them. Instead of them repenting, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ, it's the other way around. It's Jesus that repents to them. Don't you get it? By the way, who wanted that? Satan. When Lucifer came to Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, he wanted Jesus to bow down to him. Remember? Remember that? What does he say here? What did he say here? Jesus said, uh, again, the devil taketh him up into exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto them, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then, then saith Jesus unto him, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. He, Satan wanted Jesus to bow down to him. These people are antichrist, and they want Jesus to bow down to them, to stroke their ego. It doesn't humble them and bring them to repentance. Here's another example of an angel that visits these people. There's a whole channel of these supernatural garbage. But you say, Pastor, is these really important to talk about? Oh, I, I think so. 207,000 people watch these videos. Billions of people follow Bethel's ministry. 
I'm going to tell you about a conversation with an angel that changed my perspective on God and my future trajectory. I was part of a 40-day prayer and worship conference in Dallas, Texas that was happening outside uh, in the city. Powerful, powerful time. Uh, I'd left the tent and was um, walking along a grassy area, and I was drawn supernaturally to a man that was standing there in the crowd. As I was going towards him, not even knowing how my feet were carrying me, uh, we began a conversation. He looked like a, an older man to me, and I assumed someone that was just gathered there to pray and worship with us. As I got closer to him, the presence of God increased around me. I was aware of this. I noticed several things about him, his piercing blue eyes. He was carrying a backpack with what looked like scrolls coming out of the side. And, and as I came and began to engage conversation with him, he told me point blank that he'd been sent, sent there to be with us. Um, I talked more with him and he opened the scrolls from his backpack, opened them out. It looked honestly to me like a map that had been marked with Sharpie. I saw various states marked there uh, and I'd seen a route that he'd taken to get to Texas. Um, one thing I want to say to you, it was very surprising to me. Um, my natural mind was trying to reason through this encounter while my spirit man was absolutely alive with the presence of God. And the presence of God was increasing as I began to engage in conversation with this man. I assumed he was a traveler at this point, but my spirit man was telling me that this was an angelic encounter. As our conversation continued, I began to press in and said to him, I am praying for the angels that carry revival to be released in the United States. He looked directly in my eyes and said, we are already here. We are already here. So you don't, they don't need the word of God. What do they need the Bible for? They have angels that talk to them. This was a moment where I began to weep. I realized I was looking not at an older gentleman that was visiting, but an angelic visitor from heaven that had been sent to us. As we finished our conversation, we talked about um, some of the things that God was gonna be doing. And uh, as I began to walk away, he said, remember me, I am freedom. Walking away from that conversation, just so aware of the presence of God in a profound way. I kept glancing back and he'd watch me walk. And suddenly one moment I looked back and he'd gone, completely disappeared from sight. I knew that I had a conversation with an angel, an angel called freedom. An angel called freedom. Yeah. Okay. That was here to bring revival. Um, I want to pray for you that your eyes would be opened. I yeah, want to listen. pray for your senses to be made alive, that you would have angelic visitations uh, that you're aware of and, and not aware of. They're around you. Let's let's pray. Father, I thank you. See, see what he's doing? He is praying, summoning up so people have angelic visitations. It's not the word of God. These people don't want the power of God. They want signs and lying wonders. He is literally indoctrinating people into the occult. That's what he's doing. He's indoctrinating them. He's initiating them. He wants them to have signs and wonders and spiritual experiences.
The plain path of duty is not enough for these people. To preach the gospel, to win souls, to call men to repentance, to pray and ask God for his power, his grace, his mercy, to learn to be a Christian that honors and glorifies God. They don't want that. They don't want that. They want, they want to be visited by angels. They want to be visited by spirits. We are never told to search after those things, ever. But that's what they're doing. Now here you have this lady, which I'm definitely going to speed up. Hi, I'm Dr. Cindy Jagos with Generals International. I'm really excited to be with you today and tell supernatural stories. You know, to tell a prophet, do you have any supernatural stories? Is you know, like, of course we have supernatural stories. We're prophets, and and you know, when what a part of our job description is, we interact with God. You know, we listen to God, He says stuff, and then we tell other people. And so I was thinking, okay, I've been preaching forty years, so I have a lot of stories. But I think this will be a really good one for you. I've been preaching forty years. No, you haven't. You've been in rebellion. For 40 years, you nasty, wicked Jezebel. And um, I, I was, oh, geez, I was about 38. And I've been preaching about eight years. I didn't preach till I was 30. And I was washing dishes one night, you know, kind of a mundane thing, you know. And why am I telling you that? Because sometimes God interrupts our everyday life and propels us into our destiny. You know, you may think, well, I'm just going about doing what I do every day. Maybe you think, well, my life isn't that exciting. But listen to me, at any given moment, God will just pick you up and thrust you into your destiny. So I was um, uh, washing dishes and I had a call of God to the nations, really hadn't seen that much happening, just a few things, you know, going to Canada, a few places. But I was washing dishes and in our little house that we had in a town called Weatherford, Texas, I could look from my kitchen sink into the living room. It wasn't a very big house. And all of a sudden, I just felt like, I don't know how to explain it. People say, well, how do you feel God? Or how do you know an angel's there? Well, I want to tell you something. There's no way to describe it. You know, you know that it's an angelic encounter. You don't have to think, well, maybe there's an angel there. No, no, no. When there, an angel's coming to visit you, you know it. So I'm feeling this presence coming from the living room. So I get this picture. I'm like walking. I have this, you know, dish towel, wiping my hands, walking to the living room. And all of a sudden, in the middle of this big high back chair, I mean, much higher than the one I'm sitting in, you know, we call them wing back chairs. There's this big angel. His shoulders were way above the top of the chair. I mean, he was massive. And I'll never forget how he looked because he had a little, a little gold um, band here, little gold crown. And so I walked in and I said, oh, it's the Lord. And he spoke to me, said, I am the angel of the Lord. And I literally just fell over. And the angel said to me, I am sending you to the seven continents. And then. So this, so an angel sends you to the seven continents. Okay. So, okay. Let me put it in biblical terms. This leather-tongued Jezebel is sitting in her living room or is standing in her living room doing dishes, standing in her kitchen doing dishes. She feels a presence. And this presence is going to tell her something contrary to what the Bible says. The Bible says, I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in subjection. So this angel is going to, it's the angel of the Lord, she says. He's going to tell her to do something contrary 
to what God's word says. That's a devil. And I began to go into some just wonderful experiences with God. And I saw a vision of the finger of God touch the top of South America and just begin to outline it till it was till it was all like was ringed by fire. And I saw all the continent just burst into flames. And the Lord said to me, I'm going to use you for revival in that whole continent. And, you know, people said, well, how does it feel when you, you know, are touched by an angel or, or have an angelic encounter? There's something wonderful. It's like you feel 100% love. It's just like, even though you're aware uh, that, that that angel knows your history or whatever, you just feel completely loved. And of course, this was a messenger uh, sent, you know, to uh, tell me about something about my future. And so I, I was so impacted by this encounter that I couldn't speak English. You know, it was the craziest thing. I don't know how, I mean, I could, I'd spoken a language. I don't know if it was tongues of angels. You know, the Bible talks about tongues of men and angels. I just couldn't speak English. Now, I was kind of, in a way, we grew up Baptist. I was a little not really familiar with kind of charismatic, kind of Pentecostal stuff. And so I felt like I was in this zone somewhere. I don't know if I'd ever get out of that zone. I don't know if I was going to speak that language my whole entire life. But uh, so I went in and uh, uh, I, I felt like call a friend. So I called this friend and, and I had just met and she came from a very well-known um ministry family. And I described this angel. Uh, angel had a white sash and, and uh, the gold headband and, you know, the hair parted down the middle exactly about to shoulder length. And I, I just felt to describe this angel to my friend. And she got real quiet and she said, Cindy, when I was nine years old, I was dying of polio. And I was in what they call an iron lung. I don't, you may be too young to know what those were, but it was like a breathing machine. They would put polio patients in because it would paralyze their lungs sometimes. And so she was very ill. And she said an angel came and stood at the foot of, of that iron lung and floated up over and just when she got to where she was, where she eye to eye, said she was completely healed. All the polio was out of her body. And she said, that angel looked exactly like the one you're describing. It had the gold headband, the hair parted in the middle about shoulder length. And I just, I just, she said, I feel like I'm to confirm to you. you really Wonderful. You're all seeing devils. Great. I really saw that angel. So anyway, uh, I had that conversation with her. And then afterwards, something caught me up. As I was saying, I should have given you the right progression. Saw the angel, made the call. Then all of a sudden I couldn't speak in English anymore. So I go wake up my husband and I thought maybe, you know, maybe he could help me. So I wake Mike up. You got to pray for that man. You know, anyway, I wake him up and I'm speaking in tongues. I'm speaking in tongues. And, and, and I'm pointing to his mouth because I'm thinking like interpret Mike, tell me what I'm saying. You know? And he looks at me, it's like five in the morning or whatever by this point. And he goes, I'm not getting a thing. And he rolled over and went back to sleep. I'm like, no, you can't leave me here. You know, so I wake him up again. And he was so funny. He was like, say dog, say cat. And I was just speaking this other language. And finally he said, oh, I know. He said, you, you can write. And so I just start writing in tongues, you know? And the second I finished writing this message, Boom, it lifted and I was fine. I was I was out of that zone. I don't know where that God zone or that anointing. And uh, a bunch of my girlfriends came over the next morning. They'd sometimes come over. We'd sit around and drink tea and chat. And one sat at the end of the breakfast table and I was telling the story. And I said, the funny thing is, I can't even read or pronounce these words this morning. And she said, all of a sudden she knew she could read every word. She knew how to say those words, but she didn't know if she should say anything. And the first one word was come. And my little daughter ran up, she's about five and ran up to her and said, come, come, come. And she realized that God was just really showing her that she should read that and interpret it. So the word said, come, I want you to go to South America. Now she didn't know everything, but she interpreted and, and the word said in the past, I would say, wait, but now I say, come. What happened? Well, from that, I you know, can't go into all the details, but I ended up in Buenos Aires, Argentina, teaching on how to heal nations. Now, remember I'd seen this angel looked a particular way. So here I was at 39 years old, preaching in stadiums. I went from literally you know, being a little homemaker to God thrusting me into stadiums. Yeah, I went from being a little homemaker. Do you see, to God thrusting me into stadiums. You see how she belittles? This is how you know that this is of the devil. This is how you know this. Because she belittles the true calling of a wife and a mother.
she belittles it. And uh, she puts it down. Why? Because they hate. They're in rebellion. She's a Jezebel and she's rebellious. That's what she is. And they hate what God made a woman for. They absolutely hate it. Satan hates it. So here's this broad going all over the world doing something she has no authority to do. She's a usurper. Because that's what Satan is. Satan is a usurper. So that's what she is, is a usurper. And uh, I remember when I landed in Argentina, they said, well, Cindy, you know, no women are received here, so don't think you're going to be received. And when they took me back to the airport after the prophetic visit that we had, they said, well, you have so much favor in this nation, you could even lead us to apostasy. You need to be careful what you're doing. But you see. Whoa. Let's back up to that statement, because that's what. That's what the short haired dyke did. Jezebel led them to apostasy. Listen. When I landed in Argentina, they said, well, Cindy, you know, no women are received here, so don't think you're going to be received. And when they took me back to the airport after the prophetic visit that we had, they said, well, you have so much favor in this nation, you could even lead us to apostasy. You need to be careful what you're doing. But you see, the angel had shown me South America. And when God gives you a call, he gives you favor. He goes. That's not God. She literally had demonic favor. Do you see how that is? Do you see how absolutely clear that is? Because if it goes against the word of God, it's not of God. If it goes against the plain teaching of God, some angel came to her and told her that God had called her. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. You suffered her, right? You suffered her. Now watch this. I suffer not. Look in the pastoral epistles. Let the women learn in silence with all subjection, but I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Who was she deceived by? The serpent! The fallen angel! Just like this Jezebel. 
goes before you to make that call happen. And it's very exciting. So I want to encourage you, whether by an angelic visitation or not, when God gives you a calling, God will make that calling happen. You just obey the Lord. You just do what he's telling you to do. I didn't know an angel was going to come. Maybe God won't send you an angel, but he could do something else and he'll let you know. Just a couple more stories to tag on to the one I told you. So God sent me to South Africa, uh, sorry, to South America. And um, I was in a meeting, we had a thousand pastors and I was teaching on how to heal nations. And I was teaching, you know, uh, about the prophetic movement. And I said, I'm just going to describe this angel because I was feeling kind of a presence of the Lord in the meeting. Uh, and all of a sudden a pastor came up and said, Cindy, when did you see that angel? And I shared, and, and uh, this pastor said, that same year, that same angel came to me and told me that revival was going to come to Argentina. And then I went to Colombia from there to preach. And a woman came up and she said, Cindy, Cindy, I saw the same angel the same time and the same year. And then I was in Brazil and the same thing happened. So evidently this angel is an angel that brings revival and it is about revival. And so we are supernatural beings. And you might say, well, you know, Cindy, I, I don't live a very supernatural life. I want to tell you something. God wants you to live a supernatural life. There's a supernatural God inside of you. And he wants to see that you have supernatural adventures with him. So I'm going to pray for you. And when I pray for you, God is going to begin to impart to you. See, they always, you know what these wicked witches want to do? These nasty Jezebel witches always want to impart something to you. Expect to pray for people and they're going to get healed. Expect God to give you encounters. Listen, you can go to the grocery store and have an encounter. You never know. I mean, I've gone in the store. I just was recently shopping and I walked past this lady, a beautiful African-American lady in the store. And she was sitting in one of these little scooters, you know, electric scooters. And she was telling her friend, oh, I'm in such pain. My body hurts so much. And so I walked past and, and my non-spiritual self at that moment thinking I had to finish shopping. And the Holy Spirit said, go pray for that woman. I turned around and I said, excuse me, ma'am, I'm a minister. Can I pray for you? And I prayed for her and she got completely healed. All the pain left her body. And I could hear her shouting at the top of her lungs on aisle seven in Kroger in, you know, the Dallas, Texas area. And she's just shouting, hallelujah, praise the Lord, praise Jesus. I mean, that's bound, the sound is bouncing all over the grocery store. Listen, God wants you to be someone that helps others have supernatural encounters. So Father, I thank you for that. I thank you. They just want, they just want to, I know I fast forwarded it. That's, she sounds like a fool. So it doesn't bother. Uh, but anyway, we had to get that out, right? So we got it out. That's who they are. So she has a, that woman has a whole ministry based on rebellion. It's a ministry of Satan. It's a ministry of Satan. That's what it is. God help us to be delivered from wicked deception. Thank God for it that he does deliver his people. Right? But there are people that are out there that are deceived. And we need to pray that God uses broadcasts like this, you know, to help them uh, to come to the knowledge of the truth. See what the scriptures say. Stars in my 
In the strength of the Lord, let me labor and pray. Let me watch as a winner of souls. That bright stars may be mine in the glorious day, when His praise like the sea Will there be any 
Amen. Will there be any stars, any stars in my crown? That was by Alan Ives. Good song. All right, everybody. God bless you. You have a good night. Pray for our ministry and uh, uh, pray for us tomorrow as we go out and preach. We'll be 6 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Central Time live uh, out on the street at the Zombie Pub Crawl in Anoka. So pray for us, please. Pray for our voices. Pray for the weather. Pray for our safety. Pray that the gospel would go forth with much power and boldness. Uh, if you'd like to give to our ministry, uh, this is oldpathsbaptistchurch.org. Click on the donate button here at our website, and it will take you right to our PayPal, and you can support our ministry one time there, or you could just go to PayPal, salvationpreacher at gmail.com. And go there. Or you can go to our website, oldpazbaptistchurch.org. Scroll down, and there is PayPal, Venmo, or Apple Pay. You can do any of those uh, that you would choose to. Okay, Or if you'd like and you want to mail us something, here is our address at the bottom of our sermonaudio.com slash Pastor Cooley page. You go there, and it is 1030 South Highway 3, Northfield, Minnesota, 55057. And uh, you can mail us something there. All right? Uh, Either way, whatever the Lord leads you to do, pray for us, and God will speak to somebody else's heart. Maybe in a better position if you can't give something or are are not interested in doing that. Pray that the Lord would speak to somebody else's heart to do that. All right? Always need support. There are always needs. And uh, as we continue to expand our ministry and do more online and just all the expenses of everything that has gone up, it's just crazy even to the fuel and everything else. Boy, oh boy, is it unbelievable. Anyway, God provides, though, and we thank God for it. All right, everybody, God bless you, and uh, we will definitely be talking to you soon.